0: You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. We'll be opening our Bibles over to the scripture that Bonnie just preached uh, in a a few minutes, actually. You can open up over to uh, Psalm chapter 1. It's going to take me a few minutes to get there, and then we're going to head over to Isaiah 61. I want to talk to you this morning about this idea of planting and about the idea of, you know, when God plants, when God plants something in us or when God plants, uh, you know, <clears throat> one of the things, this is one of my favorite topics anyway. We have multitudes of scriptures that talk about what God does in us as individuals and in the earth in terms of. Sowing seed, cultivating seed, nurturing seed, and bringing forth harvest. Now I just want to look at a few of those this morning. You know, there are lots of scriptures about roots going down. There are lots of scriptures about watering, about tending, about all of these different things. And so we have this principle that we can look out into the earth and we can see how this works. And the Lord uses that so often throughout scripture. And I just mentioned to you just a few minutes ago that we planted this church in 1996 over in a motel room. Well, I was, I was at a dentist appointment earlier this summer. Uh, we had switched dentists. Well, our dentist went to heaven. So anyway, we had to find a new dentist. So, uh, so I was at this appointment, and the dental hygienist... Um, she asked, you know, I was a new patient, and so she was asking, what, you know, how we got to Gunnison. You know, it's always a good, it's almost always an interesting story. Yeah. You know, even if you're born and raised here, that's a really interesting story. You know, and and for many of us, we came here different ways. And uh, anyway, so I told her we came up here to plant a church. And I don't know if she's a Christian or not. I, I kind of had the impression maybe not, or something. I don't know, but. She thought that was such an interesting, I didn't even think about it. I said, we came up to plant this church and blah, blah, blah. You know, you can't, why do they ask you questions when they have their hands in your mouth? You know, but anyway, um, but she thought that was just, she said, that's just such an interesting way for you to put that, that you, you know, that you planted a church. I didn't even think about it because, you know, we have our little Christian jargon and, you know, we say things like that. But it was true and and some of the verses that the Lord gave to us early on in all of this that 's what they were about. They were about really they were about you and us but but they were about the people that God wanted to raise up and he and He talked about this church being the planting of the Lord. not that this is the only church that 's the planting of the Lord, but it was his idea, it was his design and so so we see throughout the scripture that God has this process where he plants things in us and then he plants us in places that need what he's planting in us in relationships, in businesses and communities, whatever. And then through the fruit that's born out of our life, you know, families are changed. Communities are changed. Uh, um, nations can be changed, culture can be changed because of what God plants in us. And then he plants us oftentimes in places that need that change. So it may not be the most comfortable place for us to be planted, but it's because, you know, God is trying to do something there through what he is doing in us. You know, again, this is never just about us. What The wonderful things that God does in us, like like what Bonnie just shared, wonderful freedom he brings, the great, you know, just revelation of truth and transformation, all those things that he does, it's never just for us. It is to bear fruit, and fruit is to be eaten. Fruit, when you think about fruit, you know, it has two, uh, at least two, uh, purposes i mean one of them is we can eat the fruit we can be nourished in other words people can be nourished by what god has brought forth in your life and so often we don't think that we don't think we don't think there's anything that good in us or whatever well it's not a you know it's not us it's god working in us but people can feed on what God is doing from your life. And also that that fruit really, if it falls to the ground, it's nourishment for a seed to give the seed a really good start. It's a carrier of seed. It just continues the life of the tree or the vine or whatever it is, wherever the fruit is coming from. And and so God works this way through us and we should never minimize, you know, what, what God is is doing in us or what he plans to do in us. And and the point is that uh assuming you're just willing to just pursue God, you know, you don't have to have it all figured out, none of us do. You don't have to understand everything. You just have to have God's just looking for your heart to be turned toward him. And if and given that, God will take the responsibility. This amazes me, but he will take the responsibility on himself to plant into you, to develop things out of your life, and to, to produce fruit. It is, it is the Lord who does, and there's so many. I mean, I just have all these scriptures popping up in my mind. Paul talks about, he talks about the churches. He says, we are God's garden. You know, we are his, his uh, field under cultivation. You know, and I love that because it's not like the Lord doesn't stop at just planting you know he there's so many scriptures that talk about him watering and talk about him tending and nurturing and cultivating and there's more <laughs> there's more to growing good fruit this is why i don't do it okay there's there's more to growing good fruit than just planting the seeds. You know, you have to take care of the weeds, you have to remember to water the stuff. You have to protect it. You have to do you, you want to be sure it has some kind of environment that's conducive to that particular thing. First few years we were here, we'd we'd come up I mean we lived in western Colorado quite a bit, but we'd come up from New Mexico and we were kind of used to, you know, we had we had tomatoes and we had uh green chili and we had, you know, these different things growing, corn. You know, and uh, and so Karen tried for a few years to do some tomatoes and she, we didn't want to build a greenhouse. You know, see, that's why I don't do it. I'd have to build a greenhouse. I don't want to build a greenhouse. I want to do other things. So I don't have tomatoes. But but the point is, um, we tried, she tried a few times and she would work all summer. She'd have those wall of water things and all this stuff and work and at the end of the summer we'd get one little tomato and it was not a cherry tomato plant, you know, We're just too high for that. It's, you know, you've got to have an environment that's conducive to the seed. And God works continually to work in the soil of our hearts. And he does all of that. He cultivates our lives. And I guess what I'm trying to get out with this is, I, I just, I want all of us to be encouraged that wherever we've been, God is faithful to do what he needs to do to produce fruit in your life. It's not all you. It's not all your responsibility to make this happen. So let's go over. Did you find Psalm chapter 1? Psalm chapter 1 verse 1. All these are very familiar verses. We're going to look at this morning. Um, so beginning in verse 1. I think what I have up there. Yeah, is the new King James. It says blessed is the man. Look at the decisions this person makes. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That means he doesn't receive advice and and the ways he doesn't let people who don't know God tell him how he should live. That's what that means. Okay, So there are some decisions being made here. Nor stands in the path of sinners. And as I say that, hang on a second. As I say that, I'm not saying that there aren't smart people in the world that have good ideas about things. There absolutely are. But the point is about your life and the way that you live and the way that you go about things, the, the ways, the paths that you take, we get that from the Lord. We do not get that from people who don't believe in God. There's just, there's a hole there. So he doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners. It means he doesn't just hang out in the same places and do the same things and hold the same ideas, even though, uh, you know, I worship God, but I do everything just like the world. He's not that person nor sits in the seat of the scornful i like that part because he doesn't he doesn't sit you know sitting in a seat is that you're you're taking up this place to to be in a certain attitude and the scornful here, or some of your translations say mockers. It's about it's about a spirit of ridicule, a spirit that laughs at spiritual things. It's a it's a spirit in people that makes fun of spiritual things. And many of you have experienced that as you go through life as Christians these days. We have a lot of that in our society, you know. Oh, your beliefs are so stupid. Oh, it's so unscientific. Oh, it's so whatever. You know, whatever. Um, but but so it doesn't take up that ridiculing spirit. And you know what? <laughs> Believers need to not take up that spirit against the world either. The point is not to ridicule people, to make fun of people, to put people down. It's not the spirit of Christ. But it says his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. So the idea is this person has chosen He has chosen his environment. He has chosen, what we're reading there is is a description of an environment into which God can plant, okay? An environment in which something strong can grow, all right? So here's the deal. What you choose to think on, to feed on, to watch, to essentially put your roots down in, what you choose... that is going to determine the kind of fruit that comes out of your life, because every one of us are going to produce fruit. It's either going to be good fruit or bad fruit. It's going to be godly fruit or ungodly fruit. We're all going to produce fruit, but the point is what you, what this, this person has made some decisions about where their roots are going to be, what they're going to feed on. Roots draw nutrients, right? Roots feed the plant. Roots draw water. So, where, where you plant something is important because its roots are going to go down into something. And this person, through these choices they've made, has decided uh, what they're, where they are going to be planted, where they're going to put down roots, and, and also what they're going to allow God to plant into their lives because they're meditating on the word day and night. Okay, it says, he shall be, he shall be like a tree Planted by the rivers of water, this word rivers is a little bit um not quite what it means there the the Hebrew word there means irrigation flow irrigation stream so it's a it's a gentle, deep kind of watering is what's said here, and we know that you know we we're just looking out the window this morning talking about how much the trees down by the river have grown in, in the years. You know, you can't see as much of the Palisades, Tim was commenting, as he used to be able to there. Well, that's because they're down by the river and they get lots of water and we all get that. But the, the point here is someone is, God is bringing this irrigation into our life. And so it says, he'll be like a tree planted by these gentle irrigation streams of water that brings forth its fruit in season whose leaf doesn't wither, and whatever he does will prosper. The Passion Translation, I really like this. It says, he'll be standing firm like a flourishing tree, planted by God's design. God is a planter. And he does have a design, not only about what he's planting into you, what he's bringing into your life at various seasons to keep you strong and healthy and growing and green, okay, and fruitful, he has a design about that, but he also has a design about where he plants you. And honestly, it's one of the biggest mistakes that I see believers make. A lot of times they let God plant stuff in them, but they don't let him plant them. Whether it's in in the local church, whether it's in certain communities. I mean, they make all of their other decisions based on natural things. They make their decision about where they're going to live based solely on a job opportunity or solely on the real estate market or solely on being near family is a big one nothing wrong with any of those things until they start directing your life then they become a god they become an idol and so we need to understand that it's by God's design this this person because not listening to all this counsel. I'm not taking these attitudes. I'm meditating on you and your word. I'm I'm focused on you because of that. He will stand like a flourishing tree planted by God's design. Deeply rooted, this says by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of his life. He's never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, and ever prosperous. You know, JC Larimore was here last week, some of you met him. He was talking about uh, a conversation he had years ago with somebody who was saying that it's it's the storms that come into life. He was trying to make the point that God sends evil into your life was what the guy was, not J.C. J.C. was arguing the other side of that. But this guy was trying to say God sends evil things into your life to teach you, to make you stronger, that kind of thing. And... His comment was, well, you know, that's how it works with trees, that it's the storms, it's the heavy wind, it's that kind of stuff that strengthens the tree. And so J.C. called up somebody down at a nursery somewhere, and they were saying, no, the way to get deep roots in a tree is to water it, and to water it slowly so that the water goes deep and the roots will follow that water down, and it'll become a really strong, solid tree that can stand through the storms and through all that. We all know, you know, there are certain trees that don't get deeply rooted. Those are the ones that we see blown over all the time. So it's that, so what the Lord is saying here is if we'll make those decisions about what we're going to feed on, where we're going to be planted, and we'll make those decisions, we'll make them consistent in our life, who will make your life like a flourishing tree planted by God's design? Bearing fruit in every season of his life. We all have seasons of our life. God wants you to bear fruit in every season of your life. Does so that make sense to you? All right. So now we'll go to uh, Isaiah chapter 61, which that was really cool. Bonnie was on this this morning. And and we studied these verses just a short time ago because we were talking about the nature of God. And and we know that we're going to read through these verses not going to do a lot of study on them. What you have up on your screen, I didn't have anywhere near enough room for this. So you have the first verse or two and then, or maybe you have three and four. I could just read it. Yeah. You have Isaiah 61, three and four. I'm going to begin in verse one. But we know that Jesus, uh, in Luke, it records Jesus going into the synagogue and reading these verses because they were messianic verses. So these were about Jesus. This is a prophecy about Jesus. And Jesus read these verses, part of these verses, and then he sat down and he said, today these, this word is fulfilled in your midst because it was about him. All right, So we, we just read this with that in mind, but we're reading from Isaiah. And I'm going to begin in uh, verse 1. This is from uh, one of the Amplified Bibles. And, um, it says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because, so there's a reason that the spirit of the Lord has come upon him and us because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, the poor, and the afflicted. He has sent me. All right. So the anointing of God has come upon him for a purpose and now he has sent him for that purpose to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives, the opening of the prison and of the eyes to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God. Now get these, to comfort. So again, here's the, the Spirit of God comes upon people for a purpose. All right, so the anointing is there, changes a perp- changes a person, but then this person is sent out. And we know that Jesus sent all of us out. We are being sent out into the earth every single day. So the reason is to comfort all who mourn, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive. of expressive of praise instead of a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit. Okay, so let's just stop there for a second. So look at the things that this does. Um, God's work in action, his presence in action, in motion, the anointing of God uh, in our lives, it brings transformation and transition to people from one realm of living, from one way of living to another. And he he names some of these. Changing from living a life of mourning. And that doesn't mean just grief. It means regret. Gosh, this really, I should have just let you preach this as it turns out. Regret about the past and the present. People live oftentimes in regret on a daily basis. They might not call it regret but they they have such a a dismal sense of themselves and the world around them and their situation and even God that they live in in this constant sense of regret, of mourning, of sorrow. Another part of this word is sorrow. And it says God's anointing will change our life from living in that mourning to joy. And that does not mean, okay, we're Christians, let's all put on a happy face when we go to church. It's not that. It is literal flow of joy regardless of outward circumstances. Lift it up within, lift it up in our hearts. It says it will change ashes to beauty and i was thinking about this one because of all the fires we see these days and the terrible destruction that happens through fires and some of those images that we see of what was someone's home what was their uh their place and their you know their stuff their memories turn to ash i mean it just looks like that cannot be regained and we know we can go on with life through something like that but you know what i mean that sense of all these things that were important and turned to total ash and it says God's work in our life can change that from ashes to beauty to something beautiful and we many of us have experienced that we were I when God really got hold of me I was in the process of burning my life down I was in the process of turning it into an ash heap I hadn't quite gotten there yet but I was well on my way, and the Lord, see how beautiful I am? The Lord has <laughs> turned it around to, uh, you know, for, for me inside of it, it's a beautiful thing. I get to, you know, I get to be here, hang out with all of you, do the things we're doing. It's, it's a beautiful thing, especially compared to what it was. The next one is a life that expresses praise. A life, uh, and he calls it a garment of praise. He gives us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. A garment of praise. A garment is something you have to put on. We're all grateful that you all put on garments coming to church this morning. And it and it's it's something you have to put on and that's the way praise is. We it is something it certainly it erupts from us at times. But at the same time, praise is something we put on on purpose. A lot of times when it starts getting cold in, you know, pretty soon, when it starts getting cold, we'll put on more garments. Why? As a, as a defense or an offense against the cold, right? Praise is that way. When, when there's a spirit of heaviness trying to get on your life, you can put on Praise. And if you can't think of a single thing to praise God about... You know, honestly, if you can't think of a single thing to praise God about in your life today, you're not paying attention. But to be kinder than that, we can always look back. We can always look to the Word. We can look to what Jesus has done. We can look to things around us. It doesn't always have to be about us. But but the idea, a garment is outside. A garment, we this morning see your garments, Right? Because they're on the outside. So we need to put that praise on the outside. Speak it out of our mouths. It is one of the greatest weapons we have against the enemy is the declaration of the goodness of God. It's so practical. It is so practical. But he turns that, he turns this heavy burden, failing spirit into a person who puts on praise. Who, When other people see their life, they see that praise for God. All right. So, And then he goes on, let me go back to the verse. Okay, this is where we're trying to get. Uh, He goes on, he says, and so why? Why does he make all this transformation in that person's life? Why does he turn all these things around? So that they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness and justice and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. That's what Jesus told us. He said, when you bear much fruit, it glorifies the Father, right? We are we are the planting of the Lord. And I think it's important that we think of that. Not only is he planting in us and we love that, but where where do you live? Where are you? Where is God leading you to be? He has a place to plant you by his design where not only you will flourish but you will be, this this idea of oaks of righteousness, in, in the Hebrew, it's this idea of a really strong, stable, a, a tree that doesn't blow down every time the wind blows. It is a stable life. It is. It has longevity. It lasts generations. And that's what's so interesting here. The next verse says, and they, they who, the people that have been transformed, that have had all of this take place and that have allowed God to plant them and set them in place in life, they shall rebuild the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and renew the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. They are the ones that God then can send, can use, can plant to change other lives to change cultures to change communities you know uh, there are certain things you know we've we've been here 25 years we've been watching things there are certain aspects of the atmosphere here in our valley that are they are wonderful there are lots of wonderful things about living here lots of great people but there are certain things and certain uh, attitudes that still exist that I believe God wants to shatter. God wants to turn around. Uh, there, there's a pretty strong poverty mentality here. And it's not always real easy to live here, but that doesn't mean we need to take that on the inside. You know, there's, there's a reluctance for people to believe that God could prosper them here. That God could get them the job that they want here. You know, there's at least two of you sitting here this morning, Joel and Elena, that both have have come from being told outright, you can never get the position that you're looking for here in Gunnison. Never gonna happen, can't happen. And both of them have that position. It's, you know, it, there are, we talk about this a lot. God can get you a place to live that you can afford. God can get you in a home that is wonderful for you. God, we all can see these things taking place. But there's this spiritual atmosphere here that tends toward a poverty mentality, a lack mentality. It can never happen mentality. And I believe that's something the Lord wants to turn around. It's just one example. But but that's what happens. He says they they are the ones that will rebuild something that the ancient ruins, things that have been in ruin for a long time. doesn't matter if it was a ruin in your family growing up, and this is, oh, this is a problem our family has had for generations. Well, it can stop with you. It doesn't need to get passed on to your kids. It can stop with you. Oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Raise up the former desolations and renew the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations That's what God has for us. Just trying to decide which way to go. One of the things, I'll just share this, I guess. Um, The Lord put these verses on our heart when he was planting us here. And it wasn't just about us, you know. They shall be called the Oaks of Righteousness. It wasn't about us. It was about what would be produced through what God was going to plant here. We're just the beginning of this. I mean, we're just the the I I was going to say foundation. We all know Jesus is the foundation. I don't mean it that way, but we're just the beginning. I mean, our heart and our belief is God wants this ministry to go way beyond what we've even envisioned. But when we were when we were preparing, God spoke to us in 1994 in September. About coming here, but he let us know, and he didn't tell us when. He just said it won't be in 1995. So I was like, okay. Um, and but he began to develop things on the inside of us, and and during part of the time that we were praying over these verses and others that he gave us as a as a foundation for all this, uh, one of the things it was one morning, um, and I think I was driving to work, so. That was probably not safe, but at any rate uh, there was one morning where the Lord showed me this thing uh, in my heart. I just had this little inward vision, and it was i call it the arm and hammer vision because it it looked like you know the, the 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 arm and hammer on the on the front of the box you know it was like one of those or or uh mr clean 's arm or something like that It was this real muscular arm and and it had didn't have a hammer had a little tree <laughs> and and i and i you know was praying over this and instead of i didn't get a nice vision i didn't get a nice oh we're going to till the soil we're going to set the tree in the ground and you know we're going to take care of the tree and we're going to water the tree instead what what i saw and honestly when i saw this i felt it in in my body was that arm and that little tree and there was this range of of mountains, and God took that tree and slammed it into the rock and and it was like a real you know like an above tree line bare face, and just slammed it into the rock, and the rock cracked and I honestly i used to there was a period in my life where I was building railroad, and we we were in we were in Paonia and you couldn 't get any equipment in there, so we were doing everything the old way by hand and you know doing all the spikes and everything. And and it was like that type of reverberation of swinging that maul and hitting those spikes and and I mean I felt it in my body uh, when he showed me this and 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 this verse was there about the only oaks of righteousness and I was like whoa you know that doesn't look like very much fun <laughs> but but I think the point was that what he was planting and I think this is true for all of us was supposed to. Shatter some things that were there. We're supposed to change some things that were there, and there were things we could point to after you know we got here. That it wasn't like it was this terrible, difficult thing. I mean, it had its challenges, but but there were things that did change. There were things in the church atmosphere here that changed. There were different things uh, that happened that we could point to in the spiritual atmosphere and stuff. But the point is, was out of these verses that God brought apart of the vision for this church. And that was that was the deal was I'm going to slam you into the rock there and you're gonna stick, you know, and we've stuck. So so anyway, I I just say that because I believe and if you're a part of what's happening here, I really believe there's some hardness, whether it's through religion, whether it's stuff that has kind of encased and restrained the church here. Uh, whatever it might be, there are varieties of this. You know, I think there's hardness of heart that goes all the way back to the mining days and the, you know, a, a hard life, and and those types of things develop a spiritual atmosphere at times over places, and sometimes God comes in to really shatter those things, and I believe that as a, that that's a part of our mission is to see, let me put it this way, to see hard things and hard atmosphere softened and and lose its strength through the people of God, the word of God, our, our praise of God, our lifestyle, all of that, and for other things to absolutely be shattered, because God wants the best for everybody. And, and, I mean, this is just our place. He wants the best for everybody, period. But he wants the best for everybody in this valley. For for many years, and this started when he first called us here, we just started seeing this valley and the people, even those that are come and they're here for a short time, our prayer is they meet Jesus or they grow in their knowledge of Jesus that it's, we've been praying this for decades, that it'd be next to impossible for people to come through, even if they're just passing through, and not have some kind of encounter with the Lord. Even if it's just something that touches their heart, even if it's just the beauty of the air. They get rerouted off of I-70, and they come through here, and we all gripe about it, and we believe that in that, God can touch them with the beauty. He can make them... Curious about himself. You know, there are people at all different levels. But we believe God has. He wants us to be a fruitful, spiritually awesome place where it's hard for people to miss Jesus. That's, that's our prayer. And I think some things need to be shattered. Some things need to be softened. But he's planted us. He's planted many of you here for this purpose, let's look at one more verse and then we'll be done. Or one more little passage. Psalm 92. We've probably looked at this a lot of times. These are some of my favorite verses, and I'm up here, so I get to share my favorite verses. Okay, Psalm 92, beginning in verse 12. Again, this is from the Amplified Bible. This thing just went down to Annie Height. Psalm 92, verse 12. Again, this is from the Amplified, so you may just want to look at it on the screen. It says, the uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. All right, the idea behind a palm tree is for one thing, you can look at it, you can see there's, there's water over there. Okay, in a desert environment, palm trees mean there's, there's water. There's something available there. The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. I want to be useful. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. I love that stable and durable. And that's kind of the idea in the Hebrew of a cedar is that it is durable, you kind of can't get rid of them. You know, you, you cut the thing down and more just comes up from the roots. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. So again, it comes back to where are you letting God plant you? Where are you putting down roots? What are you focusing on? What are you drawing from in your life? Goes on to say, growing in grace, they shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap. How many of you want to be full of sap? Well, I do. Spiritual vitality and rich in the verdure, that just means green and living, of trust, love, and contentment. They are, these people that get planted like this, are living memorials. I love that. To show that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. Just a couple of words from that where it says will flourish. It means to break out or break forth. To bud, to blossom, to produce fresh, green, new life. Uh, Full of sap means an internal spiritual health. The King James actually says there, they shall be fat. All right, And it means they'll be full of spiritual life. They'll be healthy. They'll be abounding and blessing and prosperous. All right, And I, I just want, I'm going to wrap this up with this. And I, I'm not going to go look at these verses. But over in Luke chapter 13, I felt like we, I needed to say this today at the end. Because a lot of people feel like that's, you know, that's not me. My past is too bad. My past is too ugly. What, whatever. That God's not going to tend and nurture and take time to cultivate my life. Over in Luke chapter 13, I think it starts in about verse um, 6 or 8, right in there. Jesus tells a parable. Earlier in the chapter, he he goes through specifically telling people that... uh, there were people who came to him and pointed out some different situations. Pilate had had killed some people and and literally mixed their blood with their sacrifices and desecrated their sacrifices with. Them. I mean it was a horrible situation and people were saying, "See, they were terrible sinners and God did that to them." And Jesus said, "No, that's absolutely not true about God. And yet, we all need to repent or perish," he said. And, and the other example was a tower had fallen and killed some people. And they were saying, oh, see, God was mad at those people. And so God knocked the tower down and killed them. And Jesus said, no, absolutely not. So the context of this is he was talking about how God will deal with people. And, and he brought it to, to everybody in both situations. He said, but the truth is, we all need to repent or we'll perish. Okay? So he put us on an equal ground. Then he comes and he tells a parable. About the Lord. And he says. There was this uh, tree that was growing. wasn't producing any fruit. And the person that owned the vineyard. Came and said. Hey just cut it down. Why is it even. Why is it even using up the soil. You know. Why are we letting this thing grow. And the gardener said. Let me have one more year with it. Let me cultivate it. Let me tend it. Let me fertilize it. And give it another year. Just give it a little more time. To produce fruit. And if it doesn't in a year. Okay, but give me a little more time. And Jesus said, "That's the heart of God toward us. So no matter what our background is, no matter what you've done, no matter it matters what we do, but it doesn't keep God from being who God is. It doesn't keep God from faithfulness toward us to to cultivate, to work in our lives, to nurture our lives. So if that's you this morning, and you feel like, well, it just it doesn't apply to me. God's mad at me. God's disappointed in me. Whatever it might be, understand." The heart of God toward you is to nurture, to cultivate. Jesus talked about pruning, how he'll come in and cleanse and prune our lives and remove things that would prevent growth and health and all that kind of thing. Our part is to just pursue the Lord. Just pursue the Lord. And if you're not, you know, if you're not a Christian yet, you can, if, if you're ready, you can become one by just inviting Jesus to be the Lord of your life but if you're not at that place you're not sure god's dealt with a couple of those already you're not the only one but if you'll just ask him just just have an open heart toward him show show me who you are i guarantee he'll do it he's done it for so many of us he will do it let's stand up and pray together and we'll go have some hamburgers thank you lord thank you father Father, this morning, again, we're just grateful for who you are. We're grateful for who you've demonstrated yourself to be and who you proclaim yourself to be. And Father, my prayer for all of us, Lord, I believe you have planted us in this valley. You've planted Karen and I, you've planted this ministry. And and those of us who are here and call this home, you've planted us here in this garden and so, Father, we trust that you will continue to feed and nurture and grow our lives and lord where wherever we are uh, taking control or getting off course or whatever whatever it might be, Lord, we trust you to correct those things. we trust you, God, to through your word just the way Jesus said, to prune our lives, to remove the things that would that would just steal the life from us and and to open us up to be fruitful. Uh, long-lived trees planted for you, Lord. I thank you for the families that are represented here and those that are out of town this week, Father, that are a part of this body. I thank you for what you're doing in families. I thank you for what you're doing in singles. I thank you for what you're doing in couples. I thank you, Father God, for what you're doing in businesses, Lord, in homes, in schools. Lord, as, as people and, their, and kids, Father, go back into school this week. I thank you, Father God, Lord, for that seed going out. I thank you for the seed that'll be planted. I thank you for the life that's coming out of home environments and going into those school environments. Lord, we thank you for all of that. We thank you for the transformation that occurs from it, the fruit that is born from it. We thank you for it all in Jesus' name. And Lord, as we all spend some time eating together today and just celebrating you and what you've done here, Father, we just believe your blessing is upon what we eat. We thank you, Father, for the way that you always provide for us. We thank you for the food you've provided. And Father, we thank you for uh, especially, Lord, all, all the hands that have brought or produced or will serve Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. If if anybody uh you know, if you want prayer, I'll be up here. But also remember that Bonnie made an offer to Okay, she'll be up here too. She made an offer to if there's something that uh, is hanging on your life. She would really love to be able to pray with you this morning. So let's say it on the count of three, Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison base in the world will be dismissed. One, two Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.